You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. relationship with him is premier first numero uno and nothing else gets in the way I need to make sure that I am one with him constantly that I'm not waiting for the next gift or whatever because it's not about the gifts I love the gift giver not the gifts I love them dearly the gifts are wonderful and they do wonderful things and we pray for them and we want to see them manifested in this church and we want to see healing and we want to see all the gifts working together prophecy and tongues and all that we want to see it Man, I worship the gift giver, though. While it's definitely good for us as believers to be excited about spiritual gifts and blessings, it's important that they're not our primary focus. As Pastor Dave will teach you in his message today, our relationship with the Lord should be the first and foremost in our walk. What do you value more as a believer? Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 19, as he continues his message, Because He Was Forgiven. Let's look at the next verses, 25 to 28. So it was when he had come to Jerusalem to meet with the king, the king, that the king said to him, Why did you not go with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, O Lord, O king, my lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For your servant said, I will saddle a donkey for myself, and I may ride on it and go to the king, because your servant is lame. And he has slandered your servant to my lord the king, but my lord the king is like the angel of God. Therefore, do what is good in your eyes, for all my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet you set your servant among those who ate at your table. Therefore, what right have I still to cry out anymore to the king? So he comes really humbly. He really comes humbly to this guy. What right do I have? I have no right. Do what was right in your own eyes. I love that. I I really like that. He makes his plea. Ziba deceived me. My servant deceived me. He came to you. He slandered my name. I wanted to come. I really wanted to help you out. And in verse 29, David basically realizes that he made a mistake. So the king said to him, why do you speak any more to these matters? I have said to you, you and Ziba divide the land. Now, I like this. This is pretty cool. David tries to correct his problem when he gave all the land to Ziba. So he comes up and says, okay, you guys split it. You guys split the land. Was David taking an easy way out? You guys just split it. No, once again, he was showing forgiveness. Once again, he was showing kindness. He was showing God's grace to this person. He was showing the love of Jesus Christ. He was showing the love of God. He doesn't want to discuss it any further. But Mephibosheth's reply, I think David had to step back a little bit with Mephibosheth's reply in verse 30. Then Mephibosheth said to the king, rather, let him take it all, inasmuch as my lord the king has come back in peace to his own house. Now you're looking at a heart, folks. Now you're looking at a heart of forgiveness. Mephibosheth says, let him take it all. Let him have it all. So right away, this tells David, 
He's not lying. He's telling the truth. Now, when you read this, does this remind you of anything that we have yet to read, basically, in 1 Kings? Does this remind you of anything? Okay, let me give you a hint. Two women come to Solomon with a baby. Two women, one baby. He's mine. No, he's not. He's mine. No, he's not. He's mine. No, he's not. He's mine. Solomon, cut the baby in half. The one who yells, no, 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 Lord, give it to the other one. He knew that she was the mom. He knew that she was the mom. So David knows that Mephibosheth is telling the truth because he's willing to give it up. What difference does it make? Let him have it all. I don't care. Let him act. I'm just at rest, king, that you're back and you're peaceful. I love that. I think that's really great. He says, this is great. He wanted his relationship with David restored more than anything. I love, I love what one commentator about this, and I have to read it to you. Quote, Mephibosheth desired a relationship with the king more than the gift of the land. Mephibosheth desired a relationship with the king more than the gift of the land. And I don't know if you might be thinking ahead of me, where am I going with this? Does this ring true in your life? Do you want a relationship with the Lord more than what he can provide for you? Think about it. Is your thoughts upon the Lord only based on what he can give you? Maybe you need a healing and you only love the Lord because he might heal you. We need to love the Lord for who he is. For who he is. A mighty, gracious God, creator of the whole universe, who loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. We need to love the Lord for who he is. Do you desire the gifts, wealth, and all that stuff? Or you desire the Lord? Remember what I said earlier? The Lord didn't save me to give me this beautiful beautiful treat of being a pastor. He saved me so he could have a relationship with me. First and foremost. That's the one thing he wants more than anything else is a relationship with each one of you. Each one of you. That's what he wants more than anything else. For me, this is gravy. To be able to get to do this, to be able to get to, to, to do these kind of things for the Lord, this is gravy. So what I must do is forget these gifts, forget all these wonderful things, and make sure my nose is on the ground before the Lord. That my relationship with Him is premier, first, numero uno, and nothing else gets in the way. I need to make sure that I am one with Him constantly, that I'm not waiting for the next gift or whatever, because it's not about the gifts. I love the gift giver. Not the gifts. I love them dearly. The gifts are wonderful and they do wonderful things and we pray for them and we want to see them manifested in this church and we want to see healing and we want to see all the gifts working together, prophecy and tongues and all that. We want to see it. Man, I worship the gift giver though. It's Jesus Christ I want to see more than anything. I want to see him. I want to work at that relationship. Have you ever been in a relationship? Maybe you're in a relationship right now. It's work, isn't it? Take some work. One of the main things that you hear about in a relationship is communication. I'm in a relationship with the Lord, and I need to communicate with Him. And communicating with my Lord is not me saying, Lord, I need this, and you need to do this, and you need to do that. And furthermore, Lord, what about this? What about that? What about that? A relationship means I have to listen. I have to be still and know He's God. I have to sit before Him and allow Him to minister to me and talk to me. And a lot of times He talks to me. In fact, 99% of the times He talks to me right here, right through His Word. 
He talks to me, and he talks to me a lot. He, he tells me things. And I listen to him. It's a relationship. It's a two-way thing. I read his word. I pray. I fellowship with other believers and those kind of things. I try to share his word. I try to do what he tells me to do. And those are the kind of, it's all communication. It's all the relationship that we have. Mephibosheth was content to let Ziba have all the property if he knew that David would reign. David's reign was more important to him than anything personal. And I love that. We need to feel this way about Jesus Christ. We need to feel that his reign is more important to us than anything else. Mark's going to teach on this in a couple weeks. The scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Notice the priority order. Not stepping on your script and your study, Mark. Just prepping them. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. It's a dual thing there. Kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. See, we seek the gift giver first. We seek him and his righteousness. His brain is more important. In verse 31, let's read. And Barzorel and the Gideite came down from Roglam and went across to Jordan with the king to escort him across the Jordan. Now, Barzillai was a very aged man, 80 years old, and he had provided the king with supplies while he stayed at Manahayim, for he was a very rich man. And the king said to him, Come across with me, and I will provide for you while you are with me in Jerusalem. But Barzillai said to the king, How long have I to live, and that I should go up to the king to Jerusalem? I am today 80 years old. Can I discern, I can, can I discern between good and bad? Can your servant taste or what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any longer the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be further burdened with my lord the king? For your servant will go a little way across the Jordan with the king, and why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant turn back again, that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and my mother. But here is your servant, Chimham. Let him cross over with my lord the king, and do for him what seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimham shall cross over with me, and I will do for him what seems good to you. Now, whatever you request of me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, and when the king had crossed over, the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his own place. We meet another one of David's supporters, Barzillai. Remember, he gave him essential help when he was in trouble after he was cross fleeing Absalom. David offered him the honor of living in Jerusalem, living in the king's house because of his kindness towards David when David was running away from Absalom. David wanted to reward this guy, but he refused. His first, first and only theory was, I'm too old. <laughs> I gotta love this guy. I really do. Why should the king repay me with such a reward? He didn't, see, the point here is, if you look at this story, there's a point here. The point is that this gentleman did not do it for the sake of the reward. That's what he's saying. Why should you repay me? Why should you repay me? He gave out of his heart. 
Not from the motive of self-exaltation. And there is a lesson here. And oh, we should learn from this. Way too often we give to get. We help expecting something in return. But God loves a cheerful giver. When we give, and it's not just monetary I'm talking about here. When we give from our heart, when we give up your time of your possessions, yes, sure, you give up your money. But you can find this in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And the Greek word here for cheerful actually means hilarious. It actually means hilarious. God loves somebody who gives and always laughs about it. Gives, who's a hilarious giver. I like that. That's pretty cool. God takes a personal front, and I might too, if someone was to give me something and then gripe about it. Well, here's your tithe, God. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Ever do something for somebody and then groan about it later? I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know what I have to do this for. (laughs) Who are you doing it for? Come on. Tell me you've never done that. No, no, no. Remember, lying's a sin. (laughs) I'll be the first to admit I've done it before. I don't want to do that, Lord. Oh, okay. Sometimes I feel like Jonah. And I hear someone say, you want to smell like fish? No, I'm going to do that, Lord. Okay. We're to be cheerful givers, not give grudgingly. God takes a personal front. You know what? Come on. You ever give someone something and then they go around and they complain about the way you give it to them or what you gave them? Don't give grudgingly. God's like saying, hey, keep it if you're going to do that. Keep it for yourself. Don't give it away if you're going to begrudge somebody something. There's no strings attached to the giving. Many times things are given to the church. People give us things, and when they don't see it, they go, where is that? I want to see it. Oh, well, uh, we have it. You know, That's my grandmother's chair, and her name needs to be on that. All right. God doesn't want you to give him anything begrudgingly. He doesn't want that. You don't have to go, well, I have a right to give it to you, and now you're going to let me have it, right? I'm not going to give to get. We don't give to get. We don't give to get. And God doesn't pressure you to give. God does not pressure you to give. When somebody's putting pressure on you to give, hey, something's wrong. You shouldn't be pressured to give. God doesn't want the gift by necessity or constraint or pressure. When you give to God, you give out of your heart. You give out of the goodness of your heart because why? God has given you so much. Because what do you have that God has not given to you? Nothing. Everything you have, every single thing you have, that job that you can't stand, that puts bread on the table, whatever, anything you have, God has given it to you. So what do you have that hasn't been given to you by God? So we freely give back. It's a joy to be able to give. God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a hilarious giver. <laughs> he doesn't want to pickpocket. I don't <laughs> Uh, I'm going to move on. Anyhow, this was his attitude. This was Brazilian's attitude. He had a great attitude. I love this guy. And he was a little, now this Chim Cham, in case you don't know, Chim Cham, what a name that is, Chim Cham. I'm I'm putting him right up with Shamgar. I love those names, man. Chim Cham. Uh, I'm not going to go there either. Anyhow, it was his son. Chim Cham was Barzillai's son. And we find that out in 1 Kings 2. And he wanted the honor for his son instead of the honor for himself. And I think that's cool. And David accepted that and took Chim Cham with him. And we'll read about him someday, eons from now, when we get the 1 Kings. So, um, which is actually the next book. So. 
So we're going to finish it. Let's go 42, 43. Now the king went on to Gilgal, and Chimcham went with him. And all the people of Judah escorted the king, and also half of the people of Israel. Then, just then, all the men of Israel came up to the king and said to the king, Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stolen you away, and brought the king, his household, and all of David's men with them across the Jordan? So all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king of close relative of ours... Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we ever eaten at the king's expense, or has he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten shares in the king, therefore he is also more right to David than you. Then why then do you despise us? Were we not the first to advise bringing back the king? Yet the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. It's poor David standing in the middle. And ten guys are on this arm, and ten, one guy's on the other going, he's ours, no, he's ours, no, he's ours, no, he's ours. Where is Joab when you need him? Hey, guys, grow up. You know, come on. Where's Abathar with his sword? David, let me take one of them out. All I got to do is cut one arm off, and they'll quit real fast. Come on, these guys, come on. These representatives, holy mackerel. See, there's this huge feud that is ages old, ages old between the Ten tribes and Judah and Simeon, who is in the middle of Judah. That makes up the 12 tribes of Israel. And if you remember when they gave out the land in Joshua, Judah got the biggest part of the land. And in the middle of Judah was Simeon. So there was this thing. This should have been a great time. This should have been glorious dancing and praising the Lord. They would have had a great time coming back into Jerusalem, leading the king back to his throne, back to the palace. Man, there should have been dancing. There should have been all kinds of things going on. But no, these guys are turning it into a childhood fight. He's my king. No, he's your king. No, he's my king. I mean, this is crazy. Who's the better escort? We are. So many times we allow our feelings to get in the way of celebrating the Lord. We allow our feelings to come in from celebrating the Lord. You might have a bad day at work. I'm not going to sing any song and you can't make me. I'm not going to worship the Lord. No, I'm not. Okay. Who are you hurting? You're not hurting the Lord. That's for sure. We gripe and bicker about meaningless things instead of trying to worship the Lord. We want to get our way. We have to... The men of Israel wanted to know why the men of Judah stole their king. It's almost like... Why didn't you wait for us? Why did you kidnap our king? These guys are whiners. Somebody should have held up a sign. No whining. It's crazy. It's crazy. This divide goes all the way back to the beginning of history, like I said. And Jesus said in Matthew 12, 25, that a house divided cannot stand. Now, he was talking about Satan because he'd been called Satan. You've got to remember the context after context. He's been called Satan here. And he said, how can Satan come against himself? A house divided cannot stand. But if you think about it, a divided house cannot stand. A divided house, how can Israel be one when all this bickering's going on, when all this fighting's going on, when you have these tribes constantly at each other? The question must be asked, are these the same ones from Israel who only several weeks are going, let's get that David and cut his head off? I think they were. I think they were. I think they were. They are so fickle. They are so fickle. And before we come down on these guys, okay, before we really come down on these highs, take the mirror, 
Look in the mirror, folks. One minute we're praising the Lord. Hallelujah. And the next minute, out of the same mouth, we're cussing. James 3.10 says that very thing. With the same lips you use to praise me, you use to cuss me and put me down and put others down. That's a sad situation. That's a very sad situation. From the same mouth. I have Peter, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. Nobody told you that except the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem and people are going to kill me. Far be it from you, Lord. Same mouth. Get behind me, Satan. Same mouth. Same mouth. John, the Gospel of John. John, the apostle, the one whom Jesus loved, the one who laid his head on Jesus' breast. What did he say? Love one another. They'll know you're from Jesus if we love one another. But yet when he was walking through Samaria, Lord, can we rain thunder and fire down on those guys? If we're not yielded to the Holy Spirit, that's how we act. If we're not yielded to the Holy Spirit, that's how we act. And you know, some of the things that Mark's been teaching on Monday nights, it so easily returns like that rubber band. It so easily returns when you've been stretched by the Lord and the Lord is making something new. It doesn't take much, but bang, you go right back. And that old man rears its ugly head. Boom, just like that. But he is faithful and just to forgive our sins if we confess. And we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, praise God. But just think of it. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit. And I have to have a Gusick quote. Our speech should be consistently glorifying God. We shouldn't use one vocabulary or tone speaking at church and a different tone at home or on the job. And then he says, like a spring of water, our mouth shouldn't send forth fresh, beautiful water and bitter water from the same opening. Do you act differently? Do you speak differently when you're not here? These war of words are going to continue between the tribes. They're going to manifest themselves, and they're going to get even worse. They said, we have ten parts of the king, where you only have one or two. Judah said, well, he's ours because he's our relative. He's rightly ours. See, the seeds were already sown for tribal dissension. And from years and years before, and it's not going to take long, as we read and as we go into 1 Kings and after Solomon's death and first, after Solomon dies of 1 King, his son Rehoboam comes in and they split once again. They split once again into, into two kingdoms, Israel and Judah. They split once again. And we think David now is coming home and it's all glorious, it's all grand. David's coming home and he's going to take the throne and he's going to be the king again. Hold on to that thought. Because there's another rebellion brewing. There's another rebellion brewing, this time by a person named Sheba. And it will happen next week, and we'll talk about it, because trouble comes again. You are a sure 
Our time with you is running short for today's edition of A Sure Hope. Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through 2 Samuel when you join us next time. But for now, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We encourage you to download these messages so they are available wherever you are. We know how busy life can get, but there's always time to pause, even if only for a few minutes. Those short breaks could be filled with the study of Scripture, getting to know God better through His own Word. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Or just visit assurehoperadio.com. If you're not able to join us in person, we are streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just follow the link you'll find at AssureHopeRadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message on Assure Hope. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover God doing great things in your life. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another edition of Assure Hope.